Welcome to CFO Circle podcast powered by High Radius. I'm Madhurima Gupta, your host. And today I have with me a very special guest, Peter McKenzie. Now, before we dive deep into what we're going to talk to Peter McKenzie, let's learn a little bit more about who he is. So uh, Peter is a senior C-suite executive uh, and coach who comes with over 25 years of experience as a CFO and COO. Currently, he's working as CFO and corporate director of uh, Anticipa uh, Real Estate, a servicing company owned by Blackstone Group, which manages large debt and real estate portfolio in Spain. He has been the CFO of real estate, uh, debt collections, corporate investment banking and consumer banking businesses in Spain and Portugal. Having created and led strong teams that thrive in challenging environments, he believes that excellent uh, interpersonal communication is key in motivating people and creating an enjoyable environment for teams to grow. On that note, let's welcome the guest on the show today. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Hi, good to see you. Very happy to be here. I am so ecstatic to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for taking time. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. All right. So, Peter, today we are going to talk about how ready are CFOs today for autonomous finance for the office of the CFO. And before we dive deep into, you know, the topics uh, details that I want to talk about, I just want to set some context. Uh, you know, today, business's environment is constantly changing and it has become unpredictable and customers' needs are evolving at a rapid rate while competitors are becoming increasingly unconventional. Companies must therefore be more agile and proactive. The use of intelligent automation and intelligent autonomous technology is one of the ways to achieve it. And by reimagining finance as an AI-driven autonomous operation, your workforce could be transformed and given the time and space needed to come up with ideas, insights, strategies that will help companies compete and grow. But what are these autonomous finance tools, right? What, what would you suggest or, you know, what would you say that these autonomous finance tools comprise of today? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think um, as, you, as you've outlined, I think it's, it's definitely a space where CFOs are looking into more and more, you know, for, for, for many years, CFOs have been charged with sort of reducing costs and automating uh, across the company, but especially within finance itself. And I think an interesting thing is that since the pandemic as well, you know, we saw a real push in terms of digital um, you know, being pushed out generally in the way everyone works, and especially in the in the finance space. So I think the autonomous finance is definitely something on people's agenda, and I, and I, I see that. I go to a lot of conferences as well. I see a lot of colleagues in different industries, and it's definitely on their agenda. Now, what I see as well is that there's a there's a there's a lot of offering conceptual offering in this space you know how you can use artificial intelligence how you can use this sort of technology in in the finance area what i see is real real cases where i can see this actually working today and even in my own business it's working are with things like um you know going one stage beyond the rpas the typical robotic process automations into something where there's a little bit more intelligence, a little bit machine, more machine learning being applied. Things like um, invoice processing, that's one that I, I use myself. Uh, and you can, it's almost, I wouldn't say it's completely an autonomous function within finance, but it's, it's virtually there. So one I would say is definitely accounts payable um, and also accounts receivable on the other side. And, and the other area I see it being used more and more is within forecasting and budgeting. So using data, coming up with you know, real, well, not real-time data, but almost real-time data to make decisions 
as opposed to what CFOs were using in the past, which is a lot of historic data. So I see the sort of big data uh, theme being used and I see finance functions now beginning to use this autonomous finance sort of idea in terms of managing their forecasting. And just as a caveat, in some places, right, not all CFOs have bought into the idea and there's still many finance functions that are extremely manual. Absolutely. So in your experience, which finance function today is most manual and people are still a little distant from automating it? Well, I mean, I, I think a lot depends on the, the ERP you have, so the systems you have, because a lot of this, you know, this, this technology has to fit within uh, the, the, the infrastructure you've got, the technology you've got. So for me, you know, for example, my ERP, if I look at my, my, own, my own sort of status, my ERP is not SAP. It's not like a big global system. It's a local system. It's a real estate system that's used in Spain. So just the basics of closing my books, the balance sheet, the P&L, the basic finance functions, I would say there we're still relatively manual. I mean, we, we, we've automated processes, but it's certainly not using artificial intelligence. It's automating processes by doing some some functions that are more massive uploads into the system. But I wouldn't go as far as to say it's autonomous. So for example, in that case, depending on your, your ERP, my pure basic bookkeeping functions are still are still relatively manual. Uh, and that, when I look across the at my colleagues, I still see that that's the case across the board. I don't see many people automating the close, the close of their books, which is, I think, what most CFOs would like to get to, but the automation of the actual accounting books and records. So the closes are much quicker and uh, there's a lot less manual intervention. So for me, that's one area. I think the invoice area and the forecasting areas are the two where we are seeing this technology come in. But I think a lot of the other areas are still relatively manual. For example, Treasury is another one. Treasury is you know, moving cash around, I think is still a very person driven um, function actually automating the movement of cash is something that most CFOs would be relatively wary of doing, right? Because you're touching the your cash flow, you're touching the actual money. But on the other hand, you know, the core of many processes today remain fundamentally unchanged from decades ago, uh, in spite sure. of introduction of automation uh, software that can help manage these repeatable and basic tasks. Um, so how do you feel that autonomous finance or which elements uh, of autonomous finance can change this? Well, again, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, when, when you take a room of CFOs and you ask them how many people are still using Excel as their basic analytical tool or they're using pivot tables or whatever it may be, then you know, all the hands go up or most of the hands go up. So you're, you're dead right. I think, you know, if, if, the, if you're looking for the how would you begin to really sort of push the, this idea to CFOs, apart from having the, the, the success cases that would convince them, I think the other thing is that, you know, it, it's like a mindset shift that CFOs need to get into because this is, for me, you need to invest quite a, quite, you know, you need to be um, ready to invest a relatively large amount of uh, CapEx into a process and I, I never believe the return on investment. When people tell me, okay, there's three or four months, you get your money back. Rarely is that the case in projects. Normally you're, you're, you're talking, you know, nine, 10 months. That for me would be a project that I would, I would tick off even even a year. So in these cases, I think it's, it's being willing to go in with, uh, you know, sufficient investment to make it a, a work. If you, if you sort of dabble around the edges, you're never going to get anywhere with these things. So, you know, I think that's, that's part of the, the problem people have. And so, for CFOs to actually be willing to invest, they CFOs are very, 
obviously we're charged with controlling the money, making sure the return on investment comes through, that any CapEx investment is controlled. So I think, again, it, it, it takes a... It takes a bit of bravery, but of courage to step in and say, I'm going to bet on this on this solution, which is why it's more often than not needed to have, you know, have something to actually hang your hook on and say, listen, this this process definitely works. It definitely works over here. Therefore, you can replicate it. And I think that's part of the problem in general, because when we talk about uh, some of these other areas where autonomous finance can go, where you don't have a real case where you can really showcase it and say this works and it works for a company that may be a medium-sized company rather than a huge company then it's more difficult to convince people to sort of go full in i think here you have to be willing to invest you have to be willing to really take a risk that these um these processes will work and you know i I totally agree with you when we talk to cfos there's always a concern in terms of uh, the amount of investment the cost of investment that will be there to implement an autonomous finance solution versus, I mean, often they don't even think about the value that it will bring to them in the long run. Right. So at that point, the case studies that we produce, they definitely help. But in order to get a CFO to actually see that case study, it takes a bit of a time, right? It's not an outright thing that we'll be able to push that case study in front of them. Um, So what do you feel? um, I mean, how should your peers be looking at cost versus value uh, of finding the right kind of uh, autonomous finance software for their office? Well, I think, you know, when you look at your, like any like any area, I think finance is, is no different to any other to any other area within a business. You're looking for your for your value proposition as a business, and so therefore you CFO should be looking at all of the functions within the business as a whole as well. I mean, not even just. I think these days the CFO is not just focused on closing the books. They're they're business people. They should be looking across the the, the whole business, and so you're looking to eliminate anything that is not value added. I think that's the first thing. So obviously anything that's repetitive, anything that can be done by a machine that can be improved by a machine as well is is there to be considered. And for me, that's that's part of the that's part of the game. When I look at I, I often think when CFOs look at the saves they can get, if you just look at the pure cost saves from process improvement with you know autom- um, automated finance in this case or autonomous finance, Perhaps some of the that that case study or the or the business case doesn't build in some of the extra benefits you have. So going back to what I saw in my my area, we we look primarily when we did the return on investment on, on putting in a system that was with a, with a, with a big global uh, sort of chip blue chip partner that works very well and and they they have a similar you know process they they roll out across the globe for many clients. For us. We did the, the return on investment based on headcount saves. It was literally, how many people do I have in my AP shop today? When I get this process up and running and I'm, I'm basically paying a unit cost for every uh, invoice that we process, and we, we process around 100,000 invoices a year. And some of them are quite complicated. They have a lot of, lot of detail. All of that was right for uh, a more automated process. But we did our return on investment based purely on the headcount saves we could make. But there were loads of extra benefits so like i say there was the reworking benefits the less noise with our suppliers the the ability to better forecast our expenses better because everything was in a system it was smoother we had no delays we could we could work out our accruals for costs at a much um sort of more accurate level so there was an improvement in reporting there was far less noise within finance it freed up 
the this me as a CFO and part of my department to be able to do other things than firefight managing invoices. And that we didn't build that into our original business case for why this had a return on investment. So my very long answer to a short question, but my recommendation would be to look at all of the benefits that these solutions can give you, not just the pure, very straightforward cost saves. There is a wider benefit that these processes can give you because they allow you to focus on your your sort of core value. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, in our experience, based on, you know, the discussions that we've had with like hundreds of CFOs that we talk to on a yearly basis, um, is uh, the lack of proper data environment, right? Um, so yep. do you think that CFOs should wait to set up the right kind of data, um, you know, in order for the different autonomous solutions to properly work? Um, or do you think they'll be missing out, uh, you know, by waiting for the right data setup? Yeah, I think I think it's. Uh, I'm going to hedge my answer on this one and be a little bit on the on the fence because I think you need a sort of certain basic data setup because if you've got absolutely appalling data quality, then obviously whatever you automate, it's just going to whatever you put in is going to come out just as bad. So I don't think you can have a, a an awful uh, sort of data pool. You have to have a, a certain level of. Um, you know, sort of quality within your your data warehouse or whatever you may be running but i don't think you can be waiting for the sort of perfect moment because it's like anything in life that will never come because you're going to be getting more and more data um anyway you'll be working with, with more volume if you have a data warehouse you'll be putting more feeds into it it'll never be a hundred percent clean and i don't think anyone expects that so i think you have to decide and maybe it's a decision between finance and tech is where is there where is there a moment where you can sort of you can trust the data that you have sufficiently to go with an automated uh, solution? And let's not forget that you know when you've got you've got like machine learning. You also the other thing that, that I think works really well is once you've got your data and you start to automate processes, having your data and using that data more wisely. You see some of the outliers. You see some of the problems with your data quality. It actually helps you clean the data. So I, I guess you know you've got to have a minimum. But you can't be waiting for perfection because you'd never be, you know, you'd never do anything. So my advice would be to jump in as long as you feel you have the bare minimum. Um, I think it was Voltaire who said perfect is the enemy of good. So if you wait for perfection, uh, you'll never do the good thing. So you have to you have to jump in. There'll never be a perfect moment. It's my advice. Fair words. Fair words. That's actually true. I, I totally agree with you there. I mean, waiting for things to become perfect, which probably they will never, and it's going to hinder you from probably improving your processes multifolds during that duration. So why do that? I I totally get it. All right. So the next question I have for you is on lines of uh, how AI-driven capabilities uh, help in automating processes and what they bring to the table for transforming, uh, you know, how a CFO's office works today. Right. So in in your experience, how is AI transforming the way that a finance function works today? Yeah, well, I think um, I think there's a couple of things. I think the finance function becomes less of a back office function. So it's certainly in in Spain, at least where I am, that we, we talk about finance and administration. So you have this administrative label to finance, which I, I think somehow brings the, the level of you know how 
how elite a finance function looks to the outside world. It brings it down. So I think part of what it what it allows you to do is to sort of upscale your image uh, and your value add to the business. As I said before, it frees up your time to be able to do things. I think that are more value add. Which, uh, which is important and take away some of the more mundane work, which is less value add. So I think there's a couple of things. I think one, you need to, the team itself changes because the skill sets you need in your team changes. So you have probably less people, but high quality people, which brings challenges as well. So it's not necessarily that easy to do that, but you need to sort of rejig your, your team. And the second thing is that you're more involved with giving I think more business focused data. So, I mean, accounting data is too historic. I think these days, I think anyone would, would agree with that. You wait for the, the books to close. You give some sort of financial data from the previous month against the budget. This is no longer what the business needs. The business needs more real time data, more lead measures rather than lag measures, which I think accounting records are. So the, for me, the CFO, and certainly, I mean, I'm now also looking after tech within my company. I'm not I'm not a CIO and I'm not really that. I'm, I like tech, but I'm not a tech person, but I'm involved with the data warehouse. I'm involved with some of the, the more business KPIs, indicators, and that's on the back of being able to automate the processes that we have that has allowed me to not be managing those processes and being more focused on giving value add information to the business. So again, I think that the, the CFO function is moving far more into almost like business information being on that side of things it's far more techy i think a cfo who's not involved in tech is not really driving the data warehouse type projects if you leave that with your cio i think it's you're, you're missing a trick i would recommend most cfos get involved in that because that's where the finance function is going very interesting. So, you know, just some extending on what you just mentioned. So it looks like you're also shouldering the responsibilities of the CIO. And um, in general, from what I understand, having the right relationship between CFO and CIO uh, definitely helps the business grows. Right? How, how does this additional responsibility overall, in your opinion, help your organization to, let's say, <clears throat> grow better, tackle changing market environment better, uh, ensuring that your initiatives, let's say for digital transformation, have better ROI. Well, I think I think you just said it. I think that the good thing is with the CFO partnering with the CIO or maybe having responsibility because I, I have a CIO, right? So all of the the technical, um, all the technical stuff he does that, and in fact all of the infrastructure he looks after that. So it's not as though I'm replacing the CIO because that will I think that be very ambitious. But what you get when the CFO is really involved on the tech side is you 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 can actually see those returns the, the return on investment the control of capex deciding where to invest where not to invest um seeing the value for example of the of, of data and the data warehouses that people build data lakes and using that to drive business results i think it's something that the cfo is closer to because the cfo is closer to the business uh, than the CIO. I think that's inevitable. The CIOs tend to be more technical. They tend to be looking after, you know, getting the processes right on time, delivering what needs to be delivered. But when, if you leave a data warehouse projects in the hands of the CIO, I, I think I would fear it wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily create something that at the end is completely aligned with the business. Whereas the CFO being involved in that, I think is far closer to the, to the business with the FP&A functions, 
um, you know, controlling the budgets, controlling the things that are that are really important, both for the operation and for the, the actual front office as well. So that's where I think it's really important. And I would recommend any CFO out there who is not in the tech space, who is not getting involved in digitalization of their of their businesses. I mean, that's where they should be trying to, to expand because that's the future of the CFO, I think. I think if you remain back in the typical bookkeeping reporting function, then maybe in 10 years time, that function will may not exist in a, even. The other thing that I wanted to touch upon is um, the, reader, the need of right kind of talent uh, to implement and utilize the autonomous finance function uh, solutions that are available in the market. Uh, so in your opinion, what is the right mix of talent that CFO's office needs and how can they be nurtured and trained? Okay, that's it's a, it's a million dollar question you're asking there, right? Because you are looking for people that are far more data savvy and far more tech savvy within the, the finance space. So you're looking for people that understand, understand data, understand algorithms, uh, have a working knowledge of, of, of how these things work, understand you know, even how machine learning, the concepts of what some of these processes can do. And, and also, even in the future, be aware of where else we can implement some of these um, some of these tools. So for me, it's completely different to the typical bookkeeper that you had before that was like more of an accountant, because I think the, the accountant, the accounting function or the accounting profession as was, although it may take us 10 years to get there, I don't think we're going to be there next year or the following year, but it has to come where those that function is no longer required. There's no no manual input. There's no decision making, because again, it's, it's a rule based uh, function and it is absolutely ripe for being done by machines. So what we're looking for now, I think, is far more tech savvy people that are able to interpret data, to communicate data, to to you know, to actually add that value to what you're getting back from you know, data warehouses, um, you know, business objects reports, things that you can extract for the business. It's it's far more important that the people in finance now are able to to work with that. I would even go as far as to say, you know, knowing Python or knowing something about how the actual coding works is also is something we've certainly considered. I'm not saying all of your finance staff need to be of that level, but it's it's far more um, sort of tech knowledge required. And it's a problem, right? On the other hand, that's great that I say all that. On the other hand, it means you're looking for a, a, a more skilled resource and there's a lot of competition those type of resources so actually it's a, it's a real challenge to find the right people and actually get them on board and keep them on board so it gives you another challenge to face absolutely and how about the software which actually does not require that technical expertise uh, at the end of the day because if you get the right kind of software which automatically does all of the automation for you not requiring you to hire people with those uh, you know really high qualifications so would you say that it's it's a simpler approach in terms of you know not having to have those advanced kind of talent uh, availability in the market is anyway limited right and hiring them and retaining them becomes another challenge like you rightly pointed out so if you get the right kind of software that does a part of the work and not necessarily very skilled people and maybe train them over the years would, would that in your opinion work i think so but then i mean what you're describing to me is almost like someone looking at the pro if, you, if you've got a software that is managing a lot of the process and then you're you're sort of you know maybe then kicks out errors or things that need to be repaired or you know, it's for me that's almost like a it's almost like an it's almost like the classic it role where you're looking at someone looking at a, a, a machine running a process and then 
you're you're seeing if you know, does the process run yes no at the end of it and are you then able to repair what's gone on so for me yes you're right it, that could be a lower level technician but it's almost like it's certainly not a, it almost like a finance person it's almost like an it person who's looking at does the process run has it run correctly is there something to be repaired so i think i think you may be right you may be right that that i would almost put that into my it box and have my finance people more involved in in sort of going upscale because where i do see i still i still struggle to see the autonomous finance for example in things like forecasting and although and even reporting sort of numbers uh business numbers and trying to work out what the trend will be i still think that's like a hybrid function where certainly the machines can get to the stage where they can give you a pretty good picture of what's going on but i think there's always going to be the need for a human to step in and enhance that and communicate that correctly to the stakeholders i think it's it's difficult to think you're just going to have like a completely uh, autonomous function absolutely totally i mean humans play a really important part and that you definitely cannot override i totally agree with you um you know we come to the end of the podcast and i uh, you know want to bring or highlight one area and that is the results that transformations through ai powered autonomous finance uh, you know provide and it can be dramatic it is based i mean it's based on even what harvard business review found right a 5 billion company can actually save more than 8 million in year uh, if they're able to you know implement the right kind of solution and that's like huge return on investment as well So as parting thoughts from you what would you like to tell our listeners on why the future of finance is autonomous No no I, I agree I mean there's, there's several studies that go to come back with similar similar numbers I think I think Gartner did a survey and estimated that in 10 years time sort of 40 to 50% of finance costs would be eliminated because of autonomous finance solutions So I think you know we all sort of know that that's the that's the that's the way finance is going and maybe could even be quicker than 10 years time. Uh I I mean my my feeling is that there's no stopping this, right? I mean it's like digitalization in in general. Uh we we've been hearing a lot of these concepts for a few years whether it be machine learning or or using blockchain and bit by bit they they're coming. You can see you know 15 20% of CFOs or finance functions are beginning to use these things. It's still not like a like the majority, but it's inevitable that the companies that do this first and the finance functions that do this first will be more efficient their their companies their businesses will be more efficient and they'll be more able to compete which goes back to your comment at the very um uh, beginning madurima where you were saying about you know the competitive uh, environment that we have you know this is this is like a one up on your competitors if you're able to automate so i would say that cfo's have to take this very seriously i would say that they have to get into this space they have to be willing to invest in this space try things out uh, my experience has been the things that work work really well and there's some there's some gray areas where we still need to see some of these solutions uh, convince us all but you have to be you have to be willing to to get in there take a risk put put in a bit of capex uh, i think if you wait as you said before for perfection to appear and everything to be up and running and you can then just buy the solution because everyone else has done it it's probably too late you'll probably be dead you'll probably be out of the market so uh, my my advice would be to get if you're not already there to get 
right into this space and look at these solutions and and try some of them out. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your opinion on CFO Circle podcast. Really appreciate it. And with that, we come to conclusion. Peter, thank you so much for taking time and having this really important discussion with me. And I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. And our listeners out there, thank you so much for listening in as well. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more.